0: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.
3: You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, welcome to a Wednesday. Good morning. Dan and the Dan and Dan Patrick Show. Glad to be part of your day. Stay as long as you like. You can watch on Peacock. You can listen on our great radio affiliates around the country, numbering 376. You can dial us up, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show Dodgers handle the Rays, 8-3. Mookie Betts with a nice night. And Clayton Kershaw as well. Game two coming up tonight. Tua Tonga-Bailoa named the Dolphin starter. That happened in the uh, final 15 minutes of the show. And uh, we'll dive into those topics coming up. Bruce Arians, the Tampa Bay head coach, will join us coming up in a little bit. We'll check in with the Cowboys. We've got some drama. We'll check in with the Dolphins as well. And we'll uh, recap what happened game one of the World Series and look ahead to game two. Sometimes it's good to remember narratives and legacy are not written in ink. Sometimes they're written in pencil. And over the years, we know Clayton Kershaw has struggled in the postseason. But he's gradually improving. Last night. He appeared to put his World Series struggles behind him, at least for the moment, as he gave the Dodgers six strong innings, 8-3 win over the Rays. And it's good to see Kershaw be the Kershaw of the regular season. He did give up a solo home run in the fifth. I thought if you got five innings out of him, five solid innings, just give him that confidence to send him into that next start that he's going to have. He struck out eight. He fooled the Tampa batters all night long. It helped that the Dodgers gave him some offensive support so he could be a little bit more aggressive. You know, it wasn't one of those one run games where you get a little too cute there and then you get burned. But last night we saw Clayton Kershaw, not a watered down version. And depending on how long this series goes, uh, we'll see Kershaw again. And he can continue to rewrite his postseason legacy or at least give us a couple of new chapters there, which was good to see. Here is uh, the manager, Dave Roberts, on Kershaw being pulled in the sixth inning.
4: Uh, I mean, you just figure he's going to be on regular uh, for his next start. So you got an 8-1 lead and, you know, with nine outs to go, we got to be able
3: to protect it. Here is Clayton Kershaw talking about last night's victory.
1: It's great to get this uh, series going with a win. You know, that's the biggest thing, you know, for us is to get going get that first game. It's always important to get that first game of the series. And uh, just for me personally, it's awesome, you know, to get to pitch well and get a win in a world series. Like you said, I'm just thankful for another opportunity.
3: Yeah. And that went perfect for the Dodgers. You got their big time players starting out. Well, Kershaw pitched. Well, you didn't want to burn the bullpen. And, You know, this is a Tampa roster that is probably the deepest pitching staff. I thought the reason why I picked Tampa to go to the World Series is because how deep their pitching staff was. The reason why I had the Dodgers going to the World Series and winning is because of their offense. Any kind of good pitching that the Dodgers can give you, consistent pitching, to go along with that hitting, although the bats haven't been great. The last series, Corey Seager was the big bat. I, I, You know, I love that people are seeing Mookie bets. I told you a couple of years ago, he was one of the few players that I would pay to see when he was in Boston. And he had a breakout game. He's had a couple of great moments. He's a wonderful outfielder. And he had the audacity to steal a base last night, McLovin. What do the analytics think about that? Giving away runs. Yeah. He stole a base last night. Oh, and that made the difference in an A3 game? Well, John Smoltz did say, sometimes you shake up the pitcher when you start to steal bases. I don't know. That's John Smoltz, who is a Hall of Famer, McLovin.
5: Yeah, but I don't see John Smoltz uh, running any teams in the world. I
3: see him announcing. He's a great announcer, but I don't see him uh, GMing anybody anywhere. I think John Smoltz has more postseason stolen bases than any pitcher in history. He's got three. So he is a little bit of an expert there. But, I, I, you know, there, there are children watching the game last night that they probably said to their parents, what was that? Well, that that's called a stolen base, Jimmy. Well, you're right, because the game
5: started at 8. And what time did it end? Was it 3.45 in the morning? I can't even remember. Or is oh, it still going on now?
3: Well, that's because everybody's up there. You know, they want to swing and hit home runs or they strike out.
5: Oh, so a guy, you have a Ricky Henderson on first base. There's nine throws over there. That's not exactly speeding up the game.
3: Well, why throw over there if nobody's stealing?
5: That's what I'm saying. If you go back to stolen bases, it's going to get even longer games. They're going to throw over to first. That's the most boring play in sports.
3: This award-nominated program brought to you by Breeders' Cup. November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live on NBC Sports. McLevin. Do you have a poll question today?
5: I have some options. All right. Okay, if Clayton Kershaw loses his next game, will we all go back to talking about his postseason failure? Well, how how is he going to lose? Say he really falls apart. Mm-hmm. Knowing how we are as uh, like media in a
3: country, will will we just go right back to it? Or are we done talking Probably. about it? No, I think it'll still be there. I I think it's it's usually it feels like it's always one start away from coming back with Clayton Kershaw. It's not fair, maybe, uh, but it's the reality, and the reason is if you juxtapose the postseason to the regular season, he's 100 games over 500 in the regular season. He's one of the great, all-time great pitchers, but it, it's just you get to the postseason, and he's had these innings. He's had one or two innings, and that decides how you know his fate. That that he can be really good. And then it's one inning that trips him up. And he gave up the home run last night, and I just said, get through five, and then that's it. Because I I don't care how good you are. You can lose your confidence. And then you get into the sixth inning, and I'm like, okay, if he gets through this, now I know that he's not going to be pitching anymore. Now you get the confidence, and you're answering a different type of question after the game, which is really important, certainly for Kershaw. Because if you go, what happened? You know, it, you, you, it, you know, you 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 know you you bombed you you got blown up. Uh, they you know they, they roughed you up. What happened? Now you get somebody who's saying, "Wow, they were swinging and missing." Like, what were you doing differently? Now you're asking him something where he can be proud of what his answer is going to be, not trying to explain something that might not be explainable. Yeah, McLevin.
5: Uh When Paulie sent out a text last night to the group saying, "Would you have pulled him after the fifth inning?" And, and Todd with a great answer said, well, if he lets up a
3: couple walks and hits, then I'd pull him. Thank you, Todd. It was supposed to be one or the other. Like I was. <laughs> yeah, you can't say, well, if he does this, then I'd pull him. I should him.
4: have got to the point that, yeah, I would start him the sixth inning, but I elaborated and said when I would take him out during the sixth <laughs> inning. I
5: had a good dig at him. I said if he walked to base loaded and let's up a grand slam, then I'd give him another batter or two and see where he is. Yeah, was wise guy. Should wise they guy. have pulled him after five? Like last night, I think we were pretty torn, even to give him that sixth I, inning.
3: I, I just knew what I had. I was fine with that. And I think Kershaw would have been fine with that. Dave Roberts would have been fine with that. But if you're Kershaw and your manager sends you out for the sixth inning, that kind of emboldens you a little bit. Like, okay, you know, Skip still got confidence in me there. And plus, you you know, you score a couple of runs and you're, you're more aggressive. You're not worried, boy, if I give up one big hit, we could lose this game. He was able to go at Tampa. Tampa's not good at getting on base. They're not a, an on-base team, on-base percentage. And, you know, if Kershaw can make sure that you don't walk guys, that way if they do hit a home run, it's a solo home run. Yes, Todd? They're the
4: first team to get all the way to the World Series and not be good at getting base runners. Tampa Bay Rays. That That's me being cute just now. The Rays don't really score. They don't play baseball well. <laughs> but they're four games away from being world champions. That's not really why I raised my hand. I raised my hand wondering if you were worried when Kershaw gave up the home run and he zoomed down on him and he looked up at the sky like, God, please. Well, go of course I happening. am.
3: Yeah. Yes, uh,
6: I would have been worried. Your first comment was way better, Todd.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I would have stayed with that. I actually, the Rays don't get on
4: base. They just can't score. Yeah,
6: right. when
3: you go back to being serious and asking a question, that's not any good.
4: How about those Doritos Locos Tacos oh, last night? Todd comes in. first. Thing, right to
3: it. The first thing he says. So he comes in and we're just sitting around we're getting ready for our morning meeting. He goes, man. Joe Buck, boy, I got tired of him talking about those tacos. And I go, so that's what you took away from the game last night? And I
4: love Joe Buck. I'm just wondering if there's someone constantly in his ear saying, I know we got to pay the bills. He's the Hall of Famer, John Smalls, just like he goes, he's the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. I'm Joe Buck. Someone's getting tacos tonight. (laughs) And if they get a double steal here with Mookie, I'm wondering if it's – I don't want to get legally in trouble. I think it's twice as many tacos for everybody on October 28th.
3: Yes,
6: Paul. So Joe Buck was in a position where there was a steal, I think, in inning three. And once that steal happens, he's got to announce that Taco Bell is giving away a Doritos Locos to, at all their sites on October 22nd. Yeah. Right. But then they called it a wild pitch and removed the steal. <laughs> so he had to retract his taco offer. And, you know, ev- even, you know, everyone was upset. Smoltz was upset. The Merrick was upset. And then he g- then there's a steal.
3: Oh, I know. And then Todd was upset. Like you, this somehow really bothered you? Muncy fouls it off
6: and he's got to, Mookie's got to go back to second base. No taco yet. <laughs> it's it's ironic because Todd loves fast food, but yeah. does
4: not go to Taco Bell. I don't. I go everywhere else you could possibly imagine, but I really don't do the Taco Bell, Del Taco,
5: anything.
3: Taco. What other uh, poll questions are we considering okay. today? Uh, Polly put out there, was
5: it the right time now for the Dolphins to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick for Tua? Mm. Was it the right
3: decision? Yes or no? Okay. You can't wait for the results. We can't wait like five weeks and go, yep, I told you it was the right move. Or I told you they should have stayed with Fitzmagic. I understand why they made the move. I just want to know if he's healthy. If you say he's healthy, then this is the right move. And I'm assuming he is 100% healthy because I thought week 11 was when they were going to put him in the starting lineup. That was their bye week. I think the Dolphins internally probably thought the same thing. Let's let... Fitzpatrick get us through the bulk of the season, week eleven, we put Tua in. Maybe we're, you know, in line for a playoff spot, maybe we're not. But I want to make sure he's healthy. And I think the Dolphins putting him in against the Jets last week opened my eyes to, okay, he is ready to play. And, you know, Fitzpatrick can we've seen him have some pretty incredible games, but he is right now a placeholder. And he knows that. And I think that, and nobody was more excited, you know, when Tua came in than Fitzpatrick, even when he had his first completion. So he knows it. And it's similar to Kurt Warner when he was with the Jets with Eli. They were, I think, a five and four team, and Eli got inserted into the starting lineup, and then that was it. Kurt Warner's starting days were done, and then he ended up landing with Arizona to finish up with a Hall of Fame career. But, you know, Fitzpatrick knows what his job is. I'd keep him there. Uh, I wouldn't trade him. People say, well, what could you get for Fitzpatrick? I, I don't know. Like, Dallas is going to trade for Fitzpatrick? I don't think so. But I, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't know there was a market for him. The teams that are good are fine with their quarterbacks. The teams that are bad want to continue to be bad, I think. I don't know if Fitzpatrick coming in is going to change anything, but I want him there to mentor Tua, yeah, McLovin.
5: I think a team that has a young, injury-prone quarterback would want a Fitzpatrick, like the Dolphins. <laughs> like, they would want him more than anyone, right? How, how confident are you in Tua's hip? I know you were kind of following I, that closely over the offseason. I, I
3: don't know anything. I just know it's been 11 months. I, I I just don't know. I'm hoping that he's ready to go. I assume he's ready to go. There's no need to force him into the lineup. But I also think, what if Fitzpatrick had won two or three more games in a row. Can I bring Tua in then? I mean, they won back-to-back games. They had blowouts. And you know they nearly beat Seattle in Seattle with Fitzpatrick. They, they have a young nucleus. They have talent there. And this is the final piece there for them. You're going to bring Tua in, and now you get ready to go because now you build a Super Bowl lineup. That now you go after a Super Bowl with your roster. But, you know, we don't. I, I just don't know how healthy he is. I'm assuming everything is great. Hope it is. Look forward to seeing him play. And uh, looking at the schedule here, they do have the Rams coming up. Now he does have the bye week. And that changed everything. Because they had to change the bye week for them, and now it's this week. So he's got 13 days to prepare for the Rams. And then he's got the Jets in there. He's got the Bengals in there. I mean, he's got a couple of games that aren't you know, but this is going to be intimidating or, and there's no fans. So, I mean, yeah, sure. Why not throw him in there? Let's see what he can do. And I would, I would let him ride this out too, because he's going to struggle a little bit, but you now leave him in there as long as he's healthy and uh, he'll have his growing pains there. But it's a, that's a big move, especially after a couple of wins. If you would have said this quarterback just got benched and he's healthy and they're coming off. A couple of wins. I wouldn't have thought Fitzpatrick, but you know, I should have opened my eyes a little bit more when I saw Tua come into that game against the Jets and and he was throwing a couple of passes. In a game that was a blowout, they let him throw a couple of passes, which told me a little bit more about they want to see. And now I guess they've seen enough, and they're going to put him in the lineup. Yeah, McLevin. Would you have been
5: shocked if the news yesterday was Carson Wentz was benched for Jalen Hurts?
3: A little bit, but I just don't know if I want to throw Jalen Hurts into a situation where the offensive line is not very good, and I'm putting a rookie in there. I mean, Carson Wentz is still a good quarterback. I know people are like, oh, I'd I'd get rid of Carson Wentz. I'd put Jalen Hurts in there. Jalen Hurts is a rookie. People didn't even know if Jalen Hurts would get drafted. When he got benched for two in Alabama, and then he surfaced at Oklahoma, I remember talking to a scout who said, "Uh, he's not going to get drafted first day, that's for sure. Probably not second day. Then all of a sudden, it's Jalen Hurts might be a first-round quarterback. He goes in the second round, and we go, oh, the Eagles got a steal. I don't know how good Jalen Hurts is. I know how good Carson Wentz can be. But that offensive line is terrible due to all the injuries there. I don't want a rookie in there, even if he's faster than Carson Wentz. Yes, McLuhan
5: Well, you know this. Philadelphia Eagles fans hate no one more than their starting quarterback, no, no. no matter who it is. To no, be no. McNabb, Jaworski, Randall, they've hated every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, Paul. Maybe you bench Carson
6: Wentz to make him likable again. You know, if he's <laughs> on the bench for a few weeks, you lose a few games. Then they'll be calling for Carson Wentz. And they'll miss him.
3: All right, we'll settle on a poll question, play of the day, stat of the day. Phone calls are always welcome, 877-3DP-SHOW. We'll check in with the Tampa Bay head coach, Bruce Arians. He'll join us coming up next at 17 after the hour here on the Dan Patrick Show. Pure Talk USA. You want to save some money? I'm going to save you some money. Average person saving $400 a year. The big carriers hook you in because what happens is you're paying for unlimited data for your cell phone when you're only using two gigs. So why are you doing that? AT&T, Verizon T-Mobile, they charge you this obscene monthly fee for data that you'll never need and then perks you never use. That's why you need to switch to Pure Talk USA. And it's really simple to switch. All you do is dial pound 250 and say, Dan Patrick, you immediately save 50% off your first month. When you switch, they only charge you for the data that you need and they're on the exact same towers. You're getting the same great coverage, but half the cost. Unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data, $20 a month. The average person saving $400 a year. Once again, on your phone, and you can do it right now. As soon as I shut up, you can go pound 250, and then you say Dan Patrick. You say 50% off your first month, and you will uh, have the option to receive a one-time auto-dialed text message from Pure Talk USA.
0: Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler. 18 plus in most eligible states, age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick six not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up to date list of states, visit DKNG.co slash pick six states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick six.draftkings.com
3: slash promos. I know it's not in vogue to steal bases, but Mookie bets last night. He uh, stole two bases in the same inning. The last time that happened in a World Series, Babe Ruth did it in 1921. So Mookie is the second player in World Series history with a walk, multiple stolen bases in an inning, joining Babe Ruth. If I gave you over under 100 stolen bases for their career, Babe Ruth, anybody going over? McLovin is? 110 stolen bases for Babe Ruth. How is that possible? Yeah. Uh, He was also caught 117 times, though. (laughs) I was going to guess he
4: had about 11 (laughs) stolen bases.
3: Uh, And you know what happened? I think they started keeping stolen bases in 1921. But I think before that, I thought he had 127 for his career. But, yeah, you know, he's still, they're not going to take him out of the Hall of Fame. Bruce Arians joining us, Tampa Bay head coach. Uh you know what? My staff didn't realize how great a running quarterback you were in college. <laughs> do, your, do your players know? I think you had 11 touchdowns one year, didn't you?
7: Yeah, the record held for a long time. And then Gerard Evans beat it. But he played 15 games. I only played 11. <laughs> so there's an asterisk on it. <laughs> how was your arm? I was very average. When, I, when we were a passing team, I was a running quarterback. <laughs> We're a running team out of passing. <laughs>
3: <course>. <laughs> Does it help you look at the offense differently having played the position?
7: Oh, totally. Yeah, the the having played in so many different offenses in college, you know, had the the pleasure of playing for Dan Henning when Don Strock led the nation in passing as his backup, and then running the wishbone. So uh, saw two totally sides, different sides of the game when I was playing. Who
3: was your favorite quarterback growing up?
7: Johnny Unitas. Yeah, the Baltimore Colts were my team.
3: Did you ever meet him?
7: I, I did. Uh, they came and played a uh, basketball game against a radio station, and we were like the preliminary game. <laughs> and uh, we dressed in the same locker room, so I, I put his trench coat on. It. They left. I put his trench coat on and his hat. At that time, he had a he had a commercial for a deodorant soap. I was walking around the locker room with his coat on.
3: <laughs> what struck me when I met him was that he wasn't tall. Because, you know, growing up, when you saw, like when I met Jack Nicholas, I thought the Golden Bears, like 6'2, 6'3. Johnny Unitas was like 5'11, it felt like, maybe six feet.
7: really wasn't. Those guys, Lenny Moore, Mike Curtis, I mean, everybody in the Baltimore Colts, those were my heroes.
3: When you went down 10 to nothing to Aaron Rodgers, what were you thinking on the sidelines?
7: Exhale, you know, just where we were holding our breath. We were, we came out a little bit tight on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, I think Todd Bowles did a great job with the defense on the side. You know, we're letting him out of the pocket, get everything covered. Um, let's just exhale and go play faster.
3: And that defense, it, it felt like they were – kind of conservative or you, you weren't uh, pushing Rogers or being aggressive like that. At least it felt like that in the beginning. Then all of a sudden it was like, Ollie, Ollie income free. Let's go get him. Let's, let's force him to make some, some magic here. Was that the game plan?
7: Uh, no, we actually went after early. We just let him out of the pocket. He scrambled on the first third and 10. We dumped somebody, kept rushing the quarterback, let the back out. And uh, it's just a matter of doing your job. Uh But again, the game plan was to stop the run, shut the run down, and then go get him.
3: And, you know, you start to watch this team now. I don't know how many games it usually takes you each season before you go, okay, now I know who my team is. Do you know who your team is now?
7: I I think we've known defensively. Uh, Offensively, we're still scratching the surface. We've missed so much time in the offseason. So each week's a new week for us offensively and uh, with all the – Injuries on offense, uh, getting guys back now, I think we can start finding ourselves.
3: And, you know, just trying to figure this out, you got it. Obviously, you know, Tom knew there, and you didn't get the offseason workouts. You got injuries with your wide receiver. Like, how dynamic can this offense be, or do you want it to be?
7: Oh, I, th- I think it could be one of the tops. You know, uh, we're running the ball well right now. Offensive line's healthy, knock on woods, and, and blocking well. So, um, with with Ronald Jones running and getting Leonard Fournette back, um, just makes the game easy for Tom. And then now the receivers are all getting healthy, and yeah, uh, you know, he didn't even practice those guys for three weeks, and uh, so it should just get better and better.
3: Did you guys make a run at Le'Veon Bell? No. You're fine with the running backs that you have.
7: Oh yeah, we're yeah, we got more than enough.
3: <laughs> By the way, seven questions before I brought up Tom Brady's name—that might be a record, Coach. There you go. Yeah, how's Gronk doing? Because it felt like he was kind of laboring there starting this season, but uh, you know he did have a touchdown catch. So how would you assess where he is right now?
7: I, I think he's he's playing really really good. You know, it's his number when teams want to double cover Mike Evans, it kind of opens up the field for Gronk, and, uh, and he and he. He was working through it early in the season. He's he's in great shape, and uh, I think we're doing a better job of coaching um him up a little bit, and and Tom too, uh, as far as when we're seeing different coverages, where we want to go with the ball. Is Gronk goofy? He's uh, he's unusual. <laughs> he's, a, he's a hell of a lot of fun, though, man. He is a hell of a lot of fun.
3: <laughs> Give me an example.
7: Uh, just talking to him, like. Dude, did your elevator go all the way to the top? I mean, I'm not sure, but uh, it is fun. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Can you imagine Belichick, though, and him? You know how Belichick is. Like, you got a sense of humor, and, you know, you're pretty back and forth with players, but I can't imagine Belichick, you know, just laughing at Gronk or allowing Gronk to be Gronk.
7: I don't. Yeah, I just don't think you can help it. And I think Bill probably had a lot of smiles on his face when he was coaching him too. What is it
3: about Brady that uh, has surprised you so far?
7: His interaction with young players, um, I think, is outstanding. He's like another coach. Uh, and you know, you can, as a coach, you can tell a guy keep pumping his arms, keep doing this, come out of your breaks. But when he says it, they listen for some reason, and. Uh, <laughs> It's just amazing seeing him work with these young guys uh, because of the injuries to Chris and Mike and having to put young guys in there who never played and him just coaching them up, trusting them. Um, I, I, you know, Everybody gets on him by getting on people. I love when he gets on people. Hell, I don't have to do it then.
3: But you know, everything you do this year because Tom's in town is scrutinized. Like I don't know if you've ever felt... This way before, where the national media is going. Oh, did you hear what Arian said uh, about Bray? <laughs> like th- This is these are headlines here. Like, have you felt this
7: way before
3: at any time in your coaching career, where everybody was watching what you were doing and scrutinizing
7: it? Not really. It's uh, this is this is different. We knew what we were getting into, and uh, just embrace it and have fun with it.
3: Yeah, but you know, Bill Parcells used to yell at Phil Simms when Lawrence Taylor would make a mistake, like, can you yell at Tom? So everybody knows that I'm yelling at Tom and, and, you know, nobody's untouchable here.
7: Uh, that That's happened in practice, but it's more Blaine Gabbard gets to ask you and all the time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't yell at Tom, you yell at Gabbard.
7: Oh yeah, and he relays the message. <laughs> but Tom, Tom hears me. So <laughs> poor guy. It was always that way. It's it always that way with Ben, Ch- Byron Leftwich, and Charlie Batch. Got cussed out all the time <laughs> instead of
3: Roethlisberger. Oh yeah. Well, you know, the, you're dealing with egos, though. When you're dealing with the quarterback, like, is it more fragile dealing with a quarterback than any other position?
7: Oh, totally, totally. Uh, their their mindset, the 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 vibe that they're in. You know, you don't want to change it uh but you want to get your point across too uh the, the ball should be here and uh it's 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 fun though it's, it's it's been a great great time coaching him
3: but i would think with wide receivers because they're always open and they're always complaining that they would be hard to deal with too
7: i've had some in the past this group is as selfless as i've ever been around you know mike evans as long as we he don't we win lose draw if he catches 1 or he catches 10 he's the same guy. Chris Godwin's the same way. So we're very very fortunate in that regard.
3: Who was the diva that you had?
7: <laughs> Let's just say there were a few.
3: <laughs> how many uh, how many Kangol hats do you own?
7: Oh gosh, about 30 or 40. But they're all new era.
3: Oh, okay. Do you have the cream sickle?
7: No, I couldn't get it made. I'm still working on that one.
3: Oh, that'd be good, though. You bring. When are you guys going creamsicle?
7: I think it's going to be a while. I, you know, Hopefully next year when the uniform rules loosen up a little bit, we can have a different helmet. Oh, so
3: you can't do it this year?
7: No, no, because of the helmet issue. You can only have one helmet.
3: Oh, man. Tell Tom to do it. They won't find him. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the commissioner, of course, he won't find Tom. Uh, coach, congratulations and uh, good luck. You got Sunday night against the Raiders and, uh, and that should be fun at the Raiders. So uh, thanks for joining us.
7: You bet, Pat, anytime. All right.
3: That's uh, Bruce Arians, Buccaneers head coach and a nifty runner in college. 11 touchdown runs in uh, one season. Yeah, Paul?
6: When you hear that interview, you go back and think, why did Tom Brady want to play for the Bucs? Yeah. And and it makes your case.
3: Yeah. And that's why when you know, when Arian said that about Brady and he was critical of him, that's who Bruce is. I don't think Tom was surprised at that. You know, the national media was, but I'm like, you can't say that about Tom. It's like, yeah, you can. I you know, that's that's the relationship he has. You know, Belichick would never do that. He would just say, oh, we're on to Cincinnati. You know, Bruce is, you ask him a question, you you get an answer with Bruce. That's just who he's always been. No matter who his quarterback is, it could be Ben Roethlisberger, it could be Tom Brady. But I think that it's interesting, you know, that we were like, oh, my God, like Tom Brady's 43. All right, you got a great resume. But still, you have to coach him. And if he made mistakes, I was just surprised that he said it at a press conference because unless that's just to say to the rest of the players – I'm holding everybody accountable here, including Tom Brady. Uh, we going to settle on a poll question here, McLovin? Yeah, I put up, um, did the Dolphins make the right decision
5: to bench Brian Fitzpatrick for two right now? And the early results are 54% say no.
3: Huh. Yeah, I think it's the right move. I understand it. And, you know, let's say Fitzpatrick won three in a row. Let's say he won five in a row. Now, all of a sudden, you're in the playoff mix. Then you can't bench him. What's wrong with that? That's the point. I think you want Tua in there now because you've you got to think bigger picture here, not just Fitzpatrick this year. I want to know what Tua can do because that's going to open my eyes to say, is he our franchise quarterback? And I think you got to know now. In today's NFL, you want to know in the first year. Is that guy like Joe Burrow? Have you seen enough? Where the Bengals go? Yep, he's the real deal. The Chargers feel like they know Justin Herbert's a franchise quarterback. The Packers are not going to know for three years with Jordan Love. Dolphins want to know now with Tua. Yeah, pulling.
6: It, it does feel like the Miami Dolphins coaches and ownership is sticking to the plan that they had and not letting three and three and being having a weak division, a weak AFC East, let them change their minds. And like you said, they had to do it now because two more wins. If you're five and three. The home fans, they be like, what? But they know they're not competing for a Super Bowl this year. They're competing for a Super Bowl three years from now.
3: Yes. And I think that as long as Tua is ready to go, then now's the time. Because I got to look at a bigger picture here. The big plan is I get Tua on that rookie deal. We know he can play. And then your your game plan for next season could be sped up. Because you might go like the Chargers game plan... Their time frame has sped up because Justin Herbert has proven he can play. They they might not have known until a bye week. If Tyrod Taylor didn't get his lung punctured, we wouldn't know about Justin Herbert. Now, if you're the Chargers, you go, we got our quarterback. The Bengals, we got our quarterback. Miami wants to know, do they have their quarterback? Yeah, McLevin. A lot of people ask
5: why do, why didn't they do this week one? Why did Fitzpatrick ever start then? Do does six weeks make that
3: big a difference? Well I don't know how healthy. Health? I don't know you but know, now
5: do we know it's only six weeks in? Do we it's the same question.
3: I'm guessing that he's one hundred percent. Because if I'm Tua, the Dolphins can check me out, but I want my doctor to check me out as well. I think that he's earned that, you know, everything he's gone through the last eleven months. He should be able to have a second opinion that says I'm not risking further damage to my hip here, yeah, McLovin.
5: The Bills have a pretty tough schedule, and the Dolphins have like the easiest schedule. So, I mean, if Fitzpatrick, they could go to eleven and five and win that division, or ten and six, they could. But you're
3: not competing for a Super Bowl this well, year. If you're in the tournament, nah, no, no, they're not baseball. competing for the Super Bowl. Certainly not in the AFC. But I think you have to look at this and find out: Do you have your quarterback? Because it changes then your approach to the draft. Dolphins got a couple of first-round draft picks. They got the Texans and they got their own. They're they're going to be able to add weapons. I think people are all on board that uh, Flores is a really good coach and motivates those players. They play hard. Even when they're not supposed to win, they were winning, including winning in New England last year late in the season. And I think if two is ready to go... There's a lot of excitement. When's the last time the Dolphins were exciting? Ten days from now, they're going to be exciting. 1987. Yeah, Paul.
6: I think the Dolphins in Week 13 face the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's a one o'clock game. That could. That's a flex. That one. tua has got six or seven games under his belt versus Mahomes. That'd be fun.
3: And you want to be relevant. There's a lot of there's teams that just aren't relevant, and the Dolphins weren't relevant. Now you're going to watch them. That's what you want. The last thing you want to be is you know that you're not relevant. Nobody cares about you. Like you don't have a pulse. Now the Dolphins, it feels like there's something there. And it's exciting. Now you're going to tune into that game. You might not have watched that game. Unless you're a Rams fan or Dolphins fan. You probably wouldn't. Now I'm going to watch the game. The, the game, not the highlights. Because I'm curious to see how Tua is going to look with Aaron Donald you know, trying to sack him, but it's, it's exciting.
5: You know, it is. Yeah. McLeod. And when Johnny Manziel got his first start for the Browns, it was exciting. It too. was,
3: it was, and they lost like 34 to seven or something, <laughs> but Johnny couldn't play the position in the NFL. He wasn't disciplined enough to understand the game. He had off field issues. Like Tua doesn't do anything. Like he's, he's just, you know, a choir boy. They're not going to Vegas. Yeah, see, like all of
8: his post game comments after being taken. Well, I called my mom and dad, and yeah. then, uh, <laughs> well, mom and dad were. Uh, but my mom and dad were. Um, yeah.
3: Tua's is not even going to go to
8: Vegas when the team plays in Vegas. No,
3: that's how that's how disciplined he is. Right, I'm not going. No, bad things happen
8: there. Yes, he. Do you think he knew, or or do we know if Tua knew that he was going to go in that game?
3: I'm going to guess that he was told to prepare to go in the game if the situation calls for it. That you're going to get you're going to get some run here. I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know, I don't know if we've heard his comments where he was totally surprised, but I would think if I'm going to put him in, look, or I say to my staff, look, if we get up, we're up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, I want Tua to get in and, and take a couple snaps. And at halftime, that would be when I would say to Tua, hey, if we continue this, I want you to get ready. Hey, Fitz, uh, you know, I'm going to put Tua in, you know, you know, keep piling on the points here, and he's going to get a, a couple snaps here.
8: Because it feels like they did him a a huge favor by checking him in. You know, there's, what, two minutes left in the game or something where he can get all of those jitters out, all of that first time in a game, maybe just see the speed of it. He completes a couple of passes, and now he doesn't have the whole week leading up to it thinking about, man, what's it going to be like when I get in there?
3: And he was... But inside his own twenty yard line, so he's backed up to the goal line when he he makes one pass where he you know he rolls to his left and completes it the other one steps up in the pocket and and you know granted, it's against the jets, but you've got to get those first couple of passes out of the way, and you've got two guys who are you know he's under pressure,
8: he's got two big dudes right in front of him, and he's got to get rid of the ball yeah, yeah, yeah McLevin.
5: You know, one thing that they keep changing their mind on is can short quarterbacks play in the NFL? When Baker Mayfield has a bad game, he can't see over the line. If you watch the telecast, it's all they talk about. But then if he has a good game, short quarterbacks are great. Is Tua going to hit that problem? Because he's, remember he was in the studio? He's short.
3: Well, it's the same thing with Kyler Murray. Oh,
5: and Kyler Murray, too. One play, it doesn't matter. One play, it does.
3: You don't hear as much with Kyler Murray. You don't hear any more with Russell Wilson. You don't hear any more with Drew Brees. But you do hear it with Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is clickbait. The number of shows that will talk about Baker Mayfield today, and for what reason? No reason other than people are curious about the Browns and Odell Beckham Jr., Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield hasn't gotten taller or shorter I, there were no questions his rookie year. Russell Wilson hasn't gotten taller or shorter. Drew Brees hasn't. Doesn't have the arm strength. I mean, we're not critical of he can't see over the line of scrimmage, but we're critical of his arm, which we should be. But Kyler Murray, I don't. I didn't hear anything. There are guys. I think. I don't know who got the most passes knocked down last year, but I think it was a pocket quarterback, a tall pocket quarterback who may have led. I, I forget who it was, but I think we ran those numbers there. But but it, it only happens if you're successful. Nobody says, boy, it's amazing. He can't see over the linemen. You get one batted down. Yeah, these short quarterbacks here. All right, let me take a break. Phone calls coming up. Play of the day as well. And an interesting question that I'll pose about Clayton Kershaw. I have that for you next.
2: Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member
0: entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
4: All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments
2: Oh my God. The play oh my
4: God. of the day.
2: Runner left side, got it! I'm going to play it and play it. This is the
3: play of the day. Check this out. The Dodgers with their first runner in scoring
7: position. And Bellinger with a fly ball to right field. Well hit on its way. Gone a home run. Cody Bellinger picking up where he left off. I can guarantee you he will not be doing the, uh, the Bash brothers' In fact, they're doing with the feet this time. It's the low
3: feet, not the high five. Little kid in play there with Cody Bellinger. Charlie Steiner with the call. AM 570, LA Sports Dodgers Radio Network. Game two tonight. Paulie always fixates on this. He'll go, uh, what's the exact time for his pitch? Because I said, uh, I think it's 810. He goes, no, it's 811. And I go, <laughs> okay. So I just see where tonight's starting time is 808. It was 8.09 last night. What's the difference? I, What's being cut? Y- you told me 8.11. eleven. I'm sorry. And I thought it was 8.10, and it went 8.09. Now it's 8.08. I'll look into it. All right. Get some of your best people on that. Play of the day brought to you by the Breeders' Cup. Breederscup.com slash 2020. You'll be able to see 14 great races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships, November 6th and 7th. The world's best thoroughbreds competing. You can check all the action live on NBC Sports. If you're Clayton Kershaw and you could choose between the following. The Dodgers sweep the Rays. You don't pitch again in the series. You get a ring. You have the game one victory or you start game five and the Dodgers are up three games to one. Because if you win, maybe you're the series MVP.
6: Some people are saying this is, I posted this, a dumb question. Of course you'd want the sweep. (laughs) But if you're a high-end athlete who believes in themselves, you want the ball and have no doubts that you'll win it for your team. (sighs) you got to pick
3: one. You can't... I'm going to... If I'm Clayton Kershaw, I I think that if it was me, I'd want to be on the mound and it's game five and we're up three games to one. Because there would be no greater feeling than to be on the mound or get the win. Now, the downside is really big. But...
6: You could sign a, a piece of paper right now and get a ring and a win in that series. And... No there's zero downside.
8: Yeah. And didn't he sort of the upside happened last night. I did it. Yeah. Okay, did yep. it. Yep. Double yep. upside though. I, I put that in my rear view mirror. I don't know if he I don't
3: know if upside doubles quite as much as wow. the downside just Tumbles. I would want to be on the mound. Game five up three games to one. Yes, Ton. I'd
4: want to be on the mound too, but it's not the old days when you're going to go a complete game and the odds of him being on the mound for, you know, for the nine innings and part of the celebration as opposed to after five and two-thirds. So or, what's your answer? I would want to start game five, but it's not as special as it would have been back in the day when they'd let the starter go longer as long as he can, as long as he's pitching well. He's going to get pulled after six, seven innings even if he's dominant.
3: Yes,
5: McLovin. I think you got to do some math on Mookie. You got to see where he is because if you don't have a chance at the series MVP, and you know, I think they want to give it to Mookie. But I... if you
3: got two wins and you pitched well in those two games, but like Tatsa, you're only going six innings. But you're still getting the win. You're getting two victories, and just the the sentimental aspect of this, he might be the World Series MVP. Yes, he. But what
8: happens if you go out there and get shelled? I know, I know, I know, I know.
3: What happens if you go out there and get shelled and then the team comes back and wins despite your... Yikes! Yeah, but I want to, I still want to pitch. Uh, if I'm up three games to one, the odds are they're still in our favor. Yes, McClub. There's a lot of
5: sentimental favor towards Mookie Betts, too. He, he's, I think because he's short, people,
3: people root for him hard. The media... I don't... It's weird. And somebody asked me this yesterday when I got through the show. It's like, why do you uh, empathize or sympathize with Clayton Kershaw? He's going to the Hall of Fame. He makes $37 million a year. He's got a, a great life, great wife, beautiful children. I go, I don't know. Like I got... I don't know. It's just... You want to see guys be great. You're. I root for greatness. I want to see... You know, when somebody says, oh, what's the fuss about? And then you like Mookie Betts. I want people to see how great Mookie Betts is because I would watch almost on a nightly basis because I loved watching him play baseball. It's like Mike Trout. I, I just, they're guys that you watch play baseball. Sometimes it's not exciting, but they do the right thing. And Mookie was one of those, play, like when the Red Sox let him go and I am going, how do you let Mookie Betts go? And then the Dodgers are like, how do you let Mookie Betts go? We'll take him. Yeah, Paulie.
6: It's like Dan Marino. Every time we have Dan Marino on, I wish, I'm like, man, I wish he had one. Yeah. I feel, why would I feel bad for Dan Marino? He's one of the greatest athletes in American history.
3: And that's why I root for Tiger Woods because I want, you know, a whole new generation that hasn't seen the greatness that we got to see. Just to see that, like the, the Masters, to have that one more time, awesome. You just want to see it. And we waited a long time. And I don't know if Tiger ever, you know, gets that magic back again. We're checking in with the Cowboys coming up top of the hour. And they got some issues. Is Mike McCarthy possibly on the hot seat already? At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be
2: epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field.